Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we start today's episode, we want to say that this chapter has a lot of discussions of assault and other manipulative and abusive behaviors, and we talk about that in the episode. So if you feel as though you have to skip this one, we totally understand, and we will see you next week. Chapter 21, Trails. I hated to waste any part of the night in sleep, but that was inevitable. The sun was bright outside the window wall when I woke, with small clouds scuttling too quickly across the sky. I'm Vanessa Zoltan. And I'm Julia Argy. And this is Hot and Bothered, Twilight and Quarantine. So what do you think of this chapter, Vanessa? (laughs) I think it, like, sucked so much. What about you? I feel, like, so validated that I said last chapter was so good because then we got to this one and I was like, I was right that that was great content. (laughs) (laughs) Compared to this, it was amazing. I still didn't like the last chapter. I just didn't like this chapter so much more. Yeah. Should we tell people what sucked about it in a 30-second recap? Yeah, I don't think it'll all fit. In 30 seconds, but let's try. Okay, count me in. On your mark, get set, go. So they go to walk around the woods, and at first, Edward and Bella walk around the woods. She cuts herself, she like rubs her blood everywhere, and then Jacob joins. And honestly, I can't tell if he's wearing a shirt. He's definitely not wearing a jacket. There's a huge storm brewing. He carries her around, and he's like, You're so attracted to me. You loved it when I assaulted you. And she was like, Um, not really, but I guess thanks for saying that. And then they meet Edward at a camp and a storm is about to happen and everyone's going to be really cold. Only Bella's going to be cold. Edward is always cold and Jacob is like always so hot that maybe he'll just like be comfortable for the first time in a long time. Yeah, he said he's going to sleep outside. He loves it. He can't wait for the cold. Okay, count me in. Three, two, one, go. So the chapter begins with Alice being like, if you loved me, you'd have a big wedding. And I don't care about your happiness. I only care about my own. Your wedding is about me. And then Jacob is like, I know that you just called me kissing you assault, but you totally were into it. And you're so attracted to me. And Bella's like, no, I'm super not. 
And um, she realizes that Edward's already given her a big diamond, even though she doesn't want one. And then they arrive at the campsite. Okay, Julia, breaking news. Do to do. I gotta go first because oh my god, weather report. Bella is back. Yeah, we hear so much about the brewing storm. Honestly, Jacob is like her co-anchor for this. <laughs> I mean, but like the opening paragraph is just all about the weather. It's like there were clouds, there was wind coming in from the west. There's going to be snow and it's June. Loved it. What about you? Do you have any breaking news? We find out in this chapter more about the wolf pack dynamics. We also find out that Billy has been the chief of the tribe for the whole time. But I don't know. We learn things about that. And then the other thing that we find out is that everyone survives the fight. Because Alice has a vision of their wedding with the whole family. No, that is not how Alice's vision works. Alice's vision is based on decisions that she can see. And so currently, based on the current decisions that everybody has made, they're going to survive. But like, what if the newborns make a different decision? Yeah, I'm saying as it stands, everything's great. Yes. Okay. Agreed. Things are looking good. Weather horizon. Everyone's going to live and it's going to snow. Yeah. Moment of genuine enjoyment. I loved how Bella shedding her hairs is an asset. I shed so many hairs just in life and I've only ever viewed it as an inconvenience. And so in this chapter, I was like, wow, I should have been saving that as a collection like a giant rat's nest so that if a vampire tries to track me, I can toss them out on a trail. I've been saving your hair for years, so. So you'll carry me on the walk and dispense my hairs on my behalf. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Did you have any genuine enjoyment? Yeah, I have two big moments. One is that Edward has trained himself to not be turned on by blood. Proud of you, Edward. And the other thing is that Bella calls what happened to her with Jacob an assault. She names it. And I think that we're supposed to take it as her a little bit joking, but I decided to read this generously and be like, nope, she is confronting her assaulter and saying, you assaulted me. And so, yeah, that just felt really gratifying to me. Yeah, we had to kind of take whatever bits and pieces we could get this chapter. Yeah. So speaking of, so we have this questions and concerns section and we're going to hang out here for more than a hot minute. Because we have a lot of questions and concerns. Do you want to start us off? I know you did a lot of really in-depth research. I did. I did like a line-by-line analysis of everything that bothered me in this chapter. And I'm sure that I missed some. The first one is that Bella is grateful to be left alone by Edward to get dressed. Like she gets so zero privacy and has no agency that like a moment of being alone is a breath of fresh air to her. And then she calls getting married a consequence. So moment one. Moment two, I talked about a little bit in my 30 second recap, but Alice manipulating Bella So, like, Bella doesn't want to get married. And then she's, like, convinced to get married because, like, she won't have to have a wedding. And Alice is just, like, if you love me, right? This is emotional abuse. It's if you love me, you'll have a wedding, even though it's not what you want to do. And it also just really bothers me that Bella doesn't think to say, if you love me, you'll drop this. And I feel like that is because Bella's just been pushed around for so long. She's, like, lost the ability to fight 
like every battle, right? Like she didn't want to party. She doesn't want gifts. She doesn't want to go to college. She doesn't want to get married. She didn't want to kiss Jacob. Like everyone is pushing her around all the time and she's just tired of saying no, right? Like there's no fatigue. And then we find out that Edward like tricked her by giving her a diamond and like her not knowing it was a diamond and he knows that she doesn't know it's a diamond. And that feels gross. But then we get Jacob. Jacob joins us on page 473. And I would just like to say that he does something awful on pages 474, 75, 76, 77, 78, 79, and then 81. So page 480 is like a sweet spot. (laughs) But I would like to read to you some of the things he does. So he sees Bella and he does this. He bent down and swept his arm behind my knees knocking them out from under me. His other arm caught me before my head hit the ground. He's just showing off how much stronger and faster he is than her, that like she can't escape him. I'm wondering what you thought about this moment. I honestly hadn't noticed it. I was just so fixated on what I'm sure you'll get to later, which is the way that they talk about the assault. But something that actually really bothered me in part of the conversation is that She's being held the whole time and can't get away from him as they're having this conversation. And at times he like pushes his face closer towards her when he wants to make her feel more scared or intimidated by his presence. And so it makes sense that he starts off the carrying by doing something where he kind of takes advantage of her size. But I hadn't noticed it in particular. And like literally knocks her off kilter. Moment on 475. Jacob says to her, what's with the addition to your bracelet? And like snorts. And it's her body and she can put whatever on her bracelet and her body that she wants. And it's none of his business. And it's not his bracelet anymore. It's her bracelet now. And I hate that he's mocking her for letting her boyfriend give her something. And it's like, you got her a charm bracelet and then didn't want her to add charms. Hypocrite. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Then he says to her, he's trying to convince her that she's attracted to him. And he creates a false dichotomy, which is another form of like psychological manipulation. He says a smart person looks at all sides of a decision, implying that because she's decided to be with Edward instead of him, she's dumb. And also she did consider being with Jacob. That was the plot of New Moon. And then she decided no thanks. Mm hmm. So she's not even dumb in this false dichotomy that Jacob has created. It's so manipulative. Now we're on page 477. So she has said, I think of it more of an assault. And he has said, ouch, that's cold. And it's like, no, that's a crime. Fine. We'll move on. And then after she has said, you assaulted me, he says, oh, because you considered my kiss an assault, we haven't even really kissed and you've only kissed one person and you should try kissing more people. And she's like, I know exactly what I want. And he's like, well, it wouldn't hurt to double check. And she's like, she has told you no like six times in the last page. No means no. Back the heck off. And then... He pulls the, like, we can't trust a woman to be president moment by saying, you're in a bad mood today, as if it's like she got her period and can't make a rational decision about whether or not she wants to be with him. She's not in a bad mood. 
she doesn't want to be with you. And again, this is like gaslighting. He's trying to convince her that she's in a bad mood and not that he is an assaulter who's continuing to psychologically assault her. Thoughts? I had a different line on 477 that was not dialogue. I mentioned when the with the carrying that I was kind of more freaked out about the like actual physical circumstances. So I had a line of description that like honestly is so scary. Bella says the panicky edge to my voice made him smile wider. He's really enjoying the fact that she's afraid of him and feels uncomfortable and he has this control over her. Yeah, he's so menacing in this chapter. Totally. We're now on page 478 and I gave up on picking only one per page. I'm like, do you know what? It's not possible. So first one, he says, you don't have to pretend that you're not attracted to me. And that's just like literally what rapists say. I hate it. I hate it so much. I think that this is my least favorite moment. (laughs) Except that he repeats it later. Do you ever get tired (laughs) of lying to yourself? You have to know how aware of me you are physically, I mean. Yeah, because she's scared of you. And she even says that. She says, you're an enormous monster who refuses to respect anyone else's personal space. Like, that is how physically scary he is. And he is trying to say, no, you're not scared of me. You're into it. He says, after all this, I was only kidding. I was only kidding is the last defense of assholes. And he wasn't kidding. (laughs) So, like, you can't rewrite history just by, like, proclaiming it. Okay, and then my last one, everyone, thank you for sticking with me, is when he says to her, when are you finally going to figure out that you're in love with me, too? And I'm out. (laughs) Mic drop. Book drop. (laughs) And you will never pick it up again. (laughs) I'm kidding. We're reading this next week. (laughs) So I painted a picture for you. I'm wondering what you thought of my painting. I hated it. Thanks for asking. I mean, it's such a scary chapter. And I honestly, like, there have been chapters before where I understand the tone of the chapter and how I feel it misses the mark. But I genuinely don't understand the tone of this chapter. I think we're supposed to find Jacob sexy. I mean, it occurred to me in that Team Jacob exists. So, like, people must find Jacob sexy. But the behavior here is so scary that it's hard for me to imagine how it could be sexy because she is scared and she says that. I just think that women have been trained to think that being pursued or being stalked is attractive and that it just proves how wanted you are. And women have been trained by patriarchy to believe that they're not wanted and that their entire sense of self-worth is in being wanted. I mean, even Romeo and Juliet, like Romeo shows up at her balcony unwanted or like uninvited at least, right? So I just, Mm -hmm. I think that we're just now sort of taking apart the bricks of those stories, but. Honestly, Edward, like whatever, women have autonomy, but like, where is Edward? Like of all the uses of your vampire boyfriend, this is the one, (laughs) this is the one where I want to like call in all my cards, be like vampire boyfriend, tear this man apart. (laughs) I know this chapter is interesting because like Edward is the least bad right? Like Alice and Jacob are so bad that Edward sort of seems great by comparison. He's like, you don't need to go so far. You don't need to bleed on things. Let me bandage you up. He's been like trying at least to like not 
feel violent toward her anymore. He like runs ahead to set up camp. He's willing to let this man who he hates carry her for her safety. He comes off as like the better guy here. Yeah, Jacob, when they interact, is acting really hostile towards Edward and Edward is really gracious. And then Edward was really trying to defend Bella when it came to Alice and was like, Alice, don't do this. That actually brought up for me one of my question concerns is that there's also among all of the like weird things that are happening weird and bad there's this gender essentialism thing did you notice this going on didn't it happens in back-to-back pages billy at one point says he's kind of looking forward to the fight i think kind of meaning that he's excited that it will be over soon and then she says liking fighting is such a y chromosome thing then on the very next page Alice steals Bella away to talk about weddings because it's a female thing. Yeah. And that's how she gets Edward to stop defending Bella and stop pushing for the wedding. So it's like among everything else that's happened in this chapter, honestly, at this point, it's so overt that the gender norms that the book is portraying is actually harming them that like I can read it like that at this point. Yeah. Like, it's gone so deep into the rabbit hole, it's, like, come out the other side is, like, pointing to how this is negative. You know what I mean? This is commentary. Oh, I love that. I also, I really, like, homed in on Jacob. I just want to say that Alice is awful in this chapter. Again, separating her away from someone who would protect her is, again, like, a move of an abuser. And in the books, Alice and Jacob are painted as Bella's two best friends. Yeah, I think that this is the moment that I would write fan fiction and have like Bella slap Jacob, run to Edward, be like, I love you, but this whole dynamic is unhealthy for me, goes to Dartmouth, lets Edward pay for Dartmouth and like joins an improv group and like becomes friends with Mindy Kaling at Dartmouth and ends up working on the Mindy Project. 1 size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Okay, so there's even more wrong in this chapter, but we are not trauma specialists. So we are going to do what we know we can do, which is name what we see as bad and now give dumb pieces of advice to fictional characters. My first piece of advice is for Alice. Don't sit on your like $200,000 yellow Porsche that you received as a gift from your brother when you are talking about feeling unloved. It's just like a bad look. Yeah. 
my life is so hard and like I don't have any forms of enjoyment in it right now. So like I really need this. (laughs) That's it. That's my advice. What about you, Julia? What's your first piece of advice? So I think they should have sex because we had great news this chapter that Edward no longer wants to kill her. She (gasps) cuts her hand and he's like NBD, like I'm cool with blood and acts super normal. And if the concern for sex is murdering Bella, I mean, outside her soul, whatever. No one cares about that. (laughs) If the concern mechanically is murdering her, I really don't think that's an issue. I think Bella is right and they should have sex. Oh, my God. So this advice is to Edward. Get over yourself. Yeah. You're strong. Have sex. Have sex. We've given that advice the most. What's your second piece of advice? My second piece of advice is for Bella. We find out in the chapter that she's like not good at spotting animals in the woods. And I would say that this is a really good hobby and practice that she should pick up. Peter, my partner, is so good at finding animals in the woods. And it's so fun. He finds birds in nests and he finds chipmunks like sticking their noses out of things and beaver dens. Like it's so fun. And I think that Bella needs some good hobbies. And so I think that this could be an A great hobby for her, like walking slow in the woods. Maybe she can become a birder. I think that this sounds like a really fun skill to get better at. Honestly, Edward could even go with her because he moves silently like a predator. So he wouldn't scare anyone away. Yeah. Be able to spot things on her behalf. Ugh. Like find all the chipmunks and the field mice and the deer. The woods are amazing. (laughs) And good prep for, like, needing to eat little animals to survive, you know? Find the chipmunks, and then later, when you're a vampire, you can eat them. So important on so many levels. So that's my advice. That's actually my advice for everyone. Like, try to find cute animals in the woods. So that you can eat them later. No, that was your advice. My advice (laughs) is to just get good at spotting cute animals in the woods. And what's your second piece of advice? I did some research on Bella and I guess Edward's behalf because I'm kind of like into Edward now, I guess, (laughs) Um, about places to elope. The hottest places to elope. And a lot of the places I've never heard of. One of them is Alaska, which I've heard of. But since I have friends there already, like they can stop by the Denali clan on their way to like a nice glacier, you know, because the cons aren't doing anything about climate change. Those are going to be gone soon. So I might as well get in a trip while you can. My other options were Lake Louise in Canada. I'd never heard of it. Apparently, everyone's eloping there. Bella should, too. It looks really nice. It's absolutely beautiful. I've never been, and I'm obsessed. White Sands Desert in New Mexico, close to Renee, looks beautiful. Never had heard of it before. Everyone's eloping there. Yeah. Did you forget that Renee lives in Florida now? Or... Do you think that New Mexico is close to Florida? One of those is better than the other. Yeah, I thought she was still in Scottsdale. (laughs) Yeah, that's better. Okay, I'm fine with that. I mean, Renee can still come if she wants. I don't want to bar Renee from attending. (laughs) Totally. I just, I got scared about your education for a second. (laughs) Okay, so for today's reality TV show slash game show... We are going to play $10,000 Pyramid, which is my favorite game show. And it's basically taboo without any words being taboo. And so Ariana picked 
seven words for each of us, and we each have 30 seconds to try to get the other person to say as many words as possible. If we both succeed, it's whoever did it faster. I'm so excited. And part of what I'm excited about is that, like, you need to be a good sports person, right? Like, Julia has to really try to guess as quickly as possible so that I can win. I will do that for you. I'm a great person. You are definitely a great person. Okay, Ariana, can you please send me via private message my seven words? Count me in. We're counting both of us in now. This is our first time. It's really it's okay. Like double Dutch. And we're both about <laughs> to go in. Three, two, one. Let's go. Where you thought Renee still lived. Arizona. Scottsdale. Uh, Jacob's car. Bunny? Rabbit? Rabbit. <laughs> yes. Volkswagen. Um, the park in Alaska that you just talked about. Denali. And the group of people who live there, like what What are they called? A vampire? Tanya? Clan. Coven. Yes. Denali Coven. Okay. Uh, the character whose name sounds like a pen. Bick. <laughs> <laughs> Quill is what I was going for. Quill. <laughs> wow. Okay, so I got one, two, three. Three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Out of seven. <laughs> but I felt like we were going so fast. Can I just try to get you to say one more for fun? Because I like don't think I should find a way. Sure. Because Ariana came up with the hardest words. Like, I'm not even sure who this is within the books. But I would have tried to say, Shirley Temple played her in, like, German name. Heidi. Yes! Okay, I would have gotten it. Who's Heidi? Who the heck is Heidi? She's part of the Alaska Coven? Ariana just informed us that that is, like, the woman in, like, the all-red leather who, like, baits innocent tourists to come to the Volturi for them to eat them. Had no idea. But I feel good about knowing that I could have gotten you to say it if I was better at this. Okay, Ariana, please send Julia her words. I'm so stressed. I'm sweating. Okay, I can do this. I'm going to be really good at this. You are going to be so good at this. You're like a wordsmith writer. Write me a story, Julia. Okay, here we go. Count us in. Three, two, one, go. Tries to hit Bella with a car. Tyler. Yes. What you shouldn't sit on when you're complaining. A yellow Porsche. Where you should go to get killed by James. A ho- um, ballet studio. Yes. Um, where Renee lives now. Jacksonville. What? Florida. Yeah. What band you should write in your acknowledgments. Oh, uh, Lit. <laughs> she like it over over. Vampire Weekend? <laughs> Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. You got the first two letters right. I knew it was a bad band that started with the letter L. But you did better than I did, right? You got four. I think I got four. Well, Vanessa, we got four. Julia, together we got seven. True. 100% folks. <laughs> we got seven out of 14. <laughs> So, Julia, I had nothing because I wrote, like, a Twilight screed, but I'm wondering if you have anything in your Twilight diary. 
Yeah, I'm wondering if you think Edward was like the 1% when he was a human because he keeps passing all these family jewels to Bella. (laughs) And has already given some to Esme and Alice. Yeah, like how rich was he? Like these are the leftover. (laughs) And it makes me think that Carlisle only changes hot rich people because we know (laughs) Rosalie was rich too. Oh my God. I, Jasper, Jasper wasn't rich. He didn't change him. <laughs> this is a keen observation, Julia. When Carlisle was doing the like doctor examination, he was like feeling all of the jewels on Edward's body and was like, I got to change him. <laughs> no, I think it was more like, oh, this guy's in a like handmade suit. Yeah. I bet they're jewels at home. <laughs> I think he was like covered in gold chains. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What would you put in Bella's care package? I think we need to send her a second toddler backpack because like, why is she being carried everywhere in people's arms? I feel like Edward at this point is the only one who's allowed to do that. Everyone else she's in a backpack for. <laughs> I completely agree. What are you going to put in her care package? put in a parka like she is going into this without appropriate winter wear Mm -hmm. and a good parka and a good sleeping bag really can keep you warm up until like negative 40 degrees these things are amazing that we have now she like works at newton's or did i'm just so worried about how cold she's gonna be i want to send her those little heat packs And like some Bernie Sanders mittens and like two pairs of smart wool socks. I'm just like, they are not prepared for this at all. And it really stresses me out. Between the hiking backpack and your care package, like this episode was sponsored by Newton's Outdoor Store. (laughs) Go there for all your hiking needs. Yeah, shop local. (laughs) What do you think is going to happen next chapter? Fight, 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 fight. I'm just going to keep saying it until it happens because I have to be right eventually. This has been Twilight and Quarantine, a long list of complaints from Hot and Bothered. This episode and all episodes are produced and edited by Ariana Nettleman, and this show was conceived of as a vampire baby by Julia Argy. I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and I am shocked and appalled by how bad this chapter was. We are a production of Not Sorry Productions and are distributed by Acast. We will talk to you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everybody. I'm dropping into your feed to let you know that starting June 23rd, you are invited to a class called Discovering Your Own Patron Saints, a guided workshop with Natalie Folkerts. In this six-session class, you will explore beloved characters from literature who have jumped off the page and made their way into the moral fabric of your life. 
The first week of this class, you're going to explore what we mean by patron saints, and then each subsequent week will be devoted to a different value, wonder, imagination, grief, and courage. If you are seeking spiritual guidance outside of the constraints of formal religion, if you are someone who finishes a novel and feels like you have said goodbye to new friends, then this class is for you. Register before the first class on June 23rd by going to notsorryworks.com. That's N-O-T-S-O-R-R-Y-W-O-R-K-S dot com.